I'd only been in business for like six months. Oh, and, no. uh, I was getting calls from Denmark going, uh, we've got this Japanese TV station on <laughs> online. They want to do an interview with you. Oh, my God. What, what have you done, Gareth? What have you done? <laughs> You're making an impression pretty quick then. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sweating just thinking about it. And welcome back to the first episode of Series 2 of Attention Seekers, the podcast from Performance Marketing World where we get to know who's seeking attention in the industry and how they're doing it. Performance marketing is all about attention. It's the currency that is traded between consumers and advertisers, whether it's seconds on a screen or clicks on a link. So if you're not an attention seeker, you're not doing it right. I'm Lucy Shelley, reporter at PMW and your host for Attention Seekers. And this series, we have an exciting lineup of some very impressive marketers. And we finish with a new feature for our Resell Me a Pen challenge. So listen out for the end. And today I am joined by Gareth Turner. With over 20 years experience marketing for FMCG brands, he has become well known as one of the top marketers in the industry. He has held previous marketing roles at Heineken, Arla Foods, and most recently at Weetabix, creating the Beans on Bix viral campaign. He has since left to work full-time on his consultancy, Big Black Door, where he imparts his invaluable advice and experience to brands and agencies. Hi, Gareth. Thanks for being this week's Tension Seeker. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I sound, I sound impressive when you read out that. It's, uh, I was going, <laughs> who are you talking about? It's not me. <laughs> it definitely Thank is. Thank you. Well, I mean, I've got to give a massive congratulations to you on your, on your new venture and also for being your first employee of the month. Yes, well, if you can't give yourself the employee of the month, uh, who, uh, who can you give to? Watch this space for who is uh, employee of the month number two. So uh, watch, watch this space. Oh, I, okay. I, hear, I, hear the, I hear the young boy Gareth doing quite well again. Is he? We'll, is we'll he? See. I was going to say, yeah, who, yeah who, who's in the running? Do you have any idea yet? I've got uh, I've got a trophy up here as well. But I, oh. I, I genuinely have a trophy for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> was it one lying around or did you get one specifically? No, obviously it was one lying around from an old golf tournament I won some 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 way many years ago. Gareth, you disappoint me. I would have. I was hoping you were going to buy a new one, uh, branded the trickery, and everything. The, the trickery <laughs> of uh, of curated content, <laughs> of course. Okay, well, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Big Black Door? So yeah, well, I, you did a pretty good job actually. I thought when you uh, when you introduced me, so yeah, um, twenty <laughs> plus years. I don't like to, to count it up too much. Uh, marketing and uh, and um, <laughs> commercial experience. I actually started as a, in sales and was a sales director at Heineken for a while and then moved across into uh, into marketing. I'm never sure whether that's a, mar- a, a poacher turned gamekeeper or the other way around. I, I, I don't know. But uh, but I, I found I found my niche, right? I, I felt like a, a round peg in a round hole when I went into marketing and, and did some, did some, I was lucky to, to work on some great campaigns. I did a Peter K campaign with John Smith's, uh, worked on Bulmers, then moved across to Arla and Worked on uh, brands like Lurpak um, and Anchor, and relaunched the Arla brand globally, which was uh, um, interesting. I'm going to say, um, <laughs> uh, and then left to join Weetabix, where I had uh, had a whirl of a time. It was a, a great business to work in. We did some great work, and I feel like I left on a high with that. Uh, well, amongst other things, that that beans on on Bix tweet. That was that was quite quite a period for us. But now, uh, big black door and. I, my ambition is to give businesses the 
senior level FMCG CMO experience when they need it, but without the overhead when they don't. So helping people to make better, and I think better decisions are simpler decisions, make simpler, better decisions every day just to make their marketing better. I think I think there are too many people who are who have a vested interest in overcomplicating marketing. And it can be complicated, it can be bewildering. And the founders I speak to often are a bit bewildered with the choices and the options available to them. But I can, which is with experience, I've got nothing special about me. It's just got, I've got miles on the clock. I can help people cut through some of that shizzle mm-hmm. and, uh, and find a simpler way. Because I think simpler marketing is more often than not better marketing. Absolutely. The messaging's clearer as well. And it's just all a lot easier for the uh, consumer. But if you have got your experience in sales, I am very much looking forward to your resell me a pen. God, that's <laughs> right up there. Yes, um. you have. Because yeah. <laughs> most, most of our guests come on and they, they try and say, oh, I don't, I'm not in sales. I, you know, I don't, but you've. I'm not. I, found, I said I found, my, I found my niche in marketing. I said I was a round peg and round oh, okay. hole in marketing. I, I, oh, heck. <laughs> it's all right. It's, I'm not going to put too much pressure on you, but this is a pretty big deal. I'm already pressure. I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking about anything else now. Oh, no. Well, to distract you, let's let's get to know you a little bit more and talk about you as this week's attention seeker. So, what's been getting your attention recently? It's, this is a difficult week. We're recording this in a in a in a difficult week for the, for the UK and, and the world, right? So, we're recording this between the death of the Queen and the funeral, right? So, it's the secrets giving away secrets. It's the thirteenth of September. We're recording this, so I think um, it would be it'd be difficult for me to look anywhere other than the reaction to the death of Queen Elizabeth. Um, and you know, we're talking marketing here. So you know, forgive me for, for bringing it back to the mundane of, of marketing. But I think what's caught my attention is the difficulty that brands have in judging how to play that and whether they should react, whether if they should react, what should they say to that event, that um, that sad event? And it's a very delicate balancing act. And I, I, it, you know, it's a topic of conversation on many of the Slack groups that that I'm in with marketers, saying, you know, what should we do? My sense is that just because you could say something, just because you can do something, it doesn't mean you should, and that potentially too many brands have have seen it as a as a marketing opportunity which i think is disrespectful whatever one thinks about the monarchy somebody's mother and grandmother and great-grandmother has died and i don't think that's a, a marketing opportunity i've seen some some brands putting out some social media especially which is i think totally inappropriate and so unfortunately that has caught my eye uh, this this week um I think it's uh, I think it's a delicate balance that I think many brands or some no some brands have got very very wrong. Are you talking about the brands that their tone has been one that that isn't paying respects? No, I think I think they're seeing it as a branding opportunity. So, okay, so they're, so they're jumping on it and they're kind of it, I, just I, just hoping to I, get on the. Yeah, I hesitate to name, to name brands here, but yeah, there was a a travel company that said safe travels, mum. That's not on in my book. Yeah, I feel like a, a bit of a royalist. I'm not, uh, especially, but I think it's um, you know it's a it's a momentous period in, in history that isn't one to be jumped on for branding opportunities. 
Exactly. I think it's it's felt, you know, whatever your opinions on the monarchy, it's felt by everyone just because it is a huge change. We've, you know, we're all going to, we've all seen the same face on our banknotes for all our lives, most of us. So mm. it is going to be a huge, a huge change. And what, what I've also noticed and I find quite interesting is all the, all the billboards and things like that, they've complete, you know, there's no advertising going on at the moment. So yeah. from a kind of publisher side, side, that's uh another great effort there and and one of my weetabix has has the royal warrant so uh, you know I, i'm no i'm no longer there i'm no longer employed by them but i think they t- they judged it about right that for me a brand that has the royal warrant has not the right because that sounds a bit wrong but almost has an obligation to say something they've got the royal warrant they they just said i think something along the lines of yeah we're, we're sorry to hear that news um our thoughts are with the, the family and, and the nation or, or whatever i think that's okay that that's not that's not saying someone's had their Weetabix or something. I mean, it's not. It's not. They're not taking it as a as a awareness driving opportunity. It's just a, a mark of respect because they have the raw one and they have that association for decades. So that felt appropriate. Uh, and people putting a a just a mark of respect. That for me, that's okay. But not not a kind of on brand brand language type message. That's just not on. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. And to. Bring it back to uh, a different answer, perhaps. Can you tell me about a time where you have done something completely ridiculous for attention? I want you to take me back to a Gareth Turner of the past, perhaps, where he might have done something completely unnecessary for attention. I mean, I've got some crackers in my in my locker. Absolute <laughs> oh, belters. How long do we have? Um, yeah, uh, I've got a few. The one I have, uh, I, I would choose to talk about is for a product it was a chocolate milkshake and a product called uh winco it was like a, a chocolate milkshake with added protein um when i worked at arla it's my first my first launch uh at arla okay i just got there been there sort of six months or so and um we did some lovely advertising i thought that the, the you know worked with um chi did some great advertising but we did a um a pr stunt which still makes me cringe oh no i'm not even gonna say a little bit a lot um <laughs> we we made a a jacket out of human hair um like from sort of the sweepings from like a barber shop um and pr'd it uh i mean and trust me it got a lot of attention um it, it did a great job for was it real this. oh yeah, yeah yeah it was it was disgustingly real um and that for for any food brand, you've got to you've got to have some taste credentials. Like it's got to look delicious, right? And in hindsight, that was an error. <laughs> yeah. Um, we yeah, that was that <laughs> that that wasn't the greatest moment. I, they, I talk, and we might talk about it later. I don't know. We, we, I talk a lot about bravery, and the Weetabix that Weetabix on beans thing was a result of trying to do braver work at, at Weetabix. That there's but there's a balance between bravery and recklessness, and I'm going to argue that. That was a mistake. That he- coat of hair. You can Google it. It's, it's still. It's still. Um, you can Google those pictures if you. If you. Uh, if you. If you've, got, if you've got a strong <laughs> constitution, you can. You can Google it and find it. But. Uh, but yeah, that was. That was. Oh. That was crazy. I don't know what I was thinking. So. So did it get the right attention at all, or was it a complete flop? Oh, it got. It got stacked with attention. I. I okay. I okay. But not. I think it was all like, what the heck are these people doing? Are they I, okay? I, getting, I was getting, yeah, are they okay? <laughs> I was getting, I think it's before that, before, before people said things like, are they okay? Um, I got, uh, I 
I hadn't warned the um, the global press office about this thing, right? And uh, they were, they, I think, I'd only been in business for like six months. Oh, and, no. uh, I was getting calls from Denmark going, uh, we've got this Japanese TV station on <laughs> online. They want to do an interview with you. Oh, my God. What, what have you done, Gareth? What have you done? <laughs> you're, you're making an impression pretty quick then. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sweating just thinking about it. Oh, <laughs> it was bad. I can, t- I can tell you, I can picture where I was walking when I got that phone call. It was, uh, I, was crossing, oh, like, I was crossing the road um, in Shoreditch. I was, I was agency, right? I was, I, was, mm. I was crossing the road in Shoreditch. And I got that and my, my heart started pounding and started sweating. It you're making hideous. me nervous actually just yeah. talking about But, uh, you know, I learned a lot in that. It was that I got... I wanted to make an impression. I um, I wanted to do brave work, but I I hadn't moderated that with with the brief. As you know, performance marketing is largely about ratings, and so I have asked you to bring something that you think is overrated and something you think is underrated in the industry. So I'll let you choose which you'd like to start with, and let's get into it. I'll go overrated. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't believe I'll be the first person or the last person to to talk about this. And when when I was dis- I was discussing appearing on this esteemed uh, podcast with my friends the other day, and um, they said, "Oh, you can't say that, Gareth. Oh gosh, you'll sound like a dinosaur." <laughs> what um, is it? <laughs> so it is the metaverse. I'm I'm saying. The metaverse is overrated. What I'm not saying is that I can't see a use for it at some point in the future. I'm saying today it is hideously overrated because it's too early. It's a solution to a problem we haven't yet found. I think it is something that will become interesting for brands. And it's interesting to keep an eye on it. And the technology is incredible, right? And the the visuals I see are, are incredible. But I don't think it's right for brands now per se i think there's a lot of navel gazing a lot of brands trying to generate pr stories no i i think that's um i i agree it's we're at this moment right now that some people have said it's you know 20 years before the internet completely found its use properly people think well what you know what's it going to be used for how how can we use it and i think that's where we're at now what kind of brands do you think would suit the metaverse the best in your in your eyes at the moment places where you can things that you can bring scale to again there's a caveat there i'm not sure there's much scale to the metaverse right now but let's let's assume everyone had it um had, had it available to them in proper immersive oculus type glasses type thing right absolutely yeah, gigs that would be interesting I'd, I'd i'd probably pay to see to to be immersed in a in a gig that that's happening in madison square garden that i couldn't get to from from Leeds, I think brands like so cars or, or those kind of things where you could go for a test drive, you could you could experience sitting in it, sort of sitting in it, before you then go to uh, go down the road to the to the showroom. Play, things that would be limited on the number of people you can get through a door to something that then you can expand out so more people can can experience it. That they're the sort of things that I perhaps would would see a, a use for it right now. I there was a great um campaign from Absolute Vodka for Coachella. Um and I thought they had a great use for the metaverse, which was people that weren't at Coachella could 
go to Coachella from the Metaverse. And yeah. like, like you said, I think it's when it's a kind of a visual being there, then it can work. Tasting food and drinking beer. I'm I'm going to be surprised if even in 20 years that's going to be able to be a thing. So, yeah, not not for me just yet. Well, let's move on to what you think is underrated and what you think deserves more attention in the industry that it's currently getting. Again, I'm going to be quite broad with this, but I think it's, I'm going to say sound marketing fundamentals, totally underrated. So good training, good understanding of the book, How Brands Grow, for example, the understanding of how to create brands, how you how you grow your brands and that sound grounding will help marketeers help founders. the founders i'm speaking to it helps them because i've you know don't, don't ask me to quote the book precisely but you know I've, I've done i've had enough training over the years to to help sort the wheat from the chaff you you don't i don't think you learn your marketing strategy by watching people like gary v on on linkedin you learn your marketing strategy by learning marketing strategy and learning the the key levers to pull to grow your brand um so i think that's underrated i think strategy marketing strategy is underrated and um marketing tactics are prioritized and you mentioned earlier about being brave bravery does that come into your fundamentals as well is that is that one of the the lessons you believe marketers should learn well i mean it's, it's relative right so being brave for a marketeer is not the same as being brave for a firefighter or, or yeah, mark it, uh, bold is perhaps a slightly better <laughs> um better better approach but it's about if you were to bring that back to marketing fundamentals so what we did at Weetabix we made a conscious decision to be bolder in our marketing because we wanted to drive our salience our cut through our mental availability to to quote the textbooks and so uh, at the time Weetabix had a 97% prompted awareness. I mean, there's no one, you know, there was, and 3% of people were lying. That's my, was my normal line. But <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's strong. But our, our spontaneous awareness and our salience wasn't where it should have been. So we, we deliberately made a choice to change some of our media strategy and also to uh, be bolder in our approach to marketing. So doing things like the, uh, the beans on Bix, there was a, a, a brand strategy and one of the ways to deliver that brand strategy was to be bolder in our comms. Another way to do that was to you know, to be con- to, to continue to be present in our TV advertising. And we, we were on air, f- I think, fifty weeks every year. Right, so it's it's a, a significant TV was the bedrock is the bedrock of Weetabix's plan. That's to be distinctive, to have a tone of voice, to get some cut through, to try and drive associations with your product at different moments to to drive mental availability. So. It was grounded in in sound marketing strategy and our spontaneous awareness grew by 40% in the year we did that. And before before you do something like that, how are you ever sure on its success? Because something like Beans on Bix, it could go, it could flop as well because it is, because <laughs> it's silly, isn't it? But it's a humorous and that's what makes it work. Do you do you ever know it's going to work? <laughs> no, it's one of my pet hates. I, I love, I love The Apprentice. Um, don't don't judge me. Don't judge me. I can see I can see the look in your eye. I love The uh, Apprentice too. No, uh, don't worry. And I kind of love hate. There must be what's the word for like love hate? Um, the the episode where inevitably Lord Sugar says, 
I want, I want it. That's, that's my little trivia impression. I want, I want an ad that goes viral. <laughs> and uh, okay, okay, Lord Sugar, um, <laughs> we can, we can do, we can, we can create an ad that has a potential to go viral, but you can never guarantee it'll go viral. And we had the same thing. Like we, we, we were being a bit bolder and pushed by our agency, Frank. Um, you know, hats off to Frank. And I also have to mention Elaine, Elaine Wan, uh, the assistant brand manager. The truth is that she did this work. You know, I, I talk about it and pretend that I, you know, that I had some sort of involvement, but I'd like to think I created the environment <laughs> where it could happen. Um, but Elaine and, and Frank, the agency, did did that work. And we had a week of activity. We had Marmite on the Monday, that be, uh, the be- Heinz Beans on the Tuesday. We had Cathedral City Cheddar, Pippa Nuts and uh, Innocent Smoothies, like five, five days. I thought that Marmite was the killer one. I thought that was, obviously, that's going to go mad on the Monday. No, it, it yeah, it was interesting, and a few people, a few people engaged with it. But then the Tuesday came, and there's, you know, there was a moment there where it, it just we hit the right tone, we hit probably the right brand. We um, there would have been perhaps nothing else going on that day. All these things come together. Now we got three billion impressions of that that post, totally organic. We we didn't promote that at all. And then we appeared on this morning. We appeared on Anton Dex at the night takeaway. We were debated in the House of Commons. That's incredible. Our next section is a new addition to the Attention Seekers podcast. And I have asked you to bring us a stat that you find interesting that we are going to unpick. So what have you brought for us today, Gareth? I'm going back to the metaverse. Mm. Your favourite yeah. favourite place. <laughs> maybe someone's created an avatar of me, and they're all like, maybe the what's it, the metaversians. What are the people? What are the inhabitants of the metaverse metaverse called? But they're probably all like firing arrows at me or something, or whatever they do in the metaverse. <laughs> um, so the stat I have is how people. It's about how people are using the metaverse. How sorry, how they see the metaverse right now. What would you use the metaverse for? Thinking about the metaverse. Which of the following would you most be interested in doing? And 51% of people say they will watch TV in the metaverse. What? I can't believe that. <laughs> and this is, I'll send you the link, but uh, this is uh, yeah. from a company called uh, GWI, GWI Zeitgeist, March 2022 uh, is the source. Uh, and 51% say they'll watch TV or films. Uh, 44% say they'll play games. But I suppose my... My take out of that is that it's it's going to be huge for entertainment, the metaverse, and it's it's a new way of doing things that we already do, and that's often the case for new media channels. That so I think what it's used, but let's use the Alan Sugar example again. There, right? I want give me a tweet that goes viral. Well, why Alan? Why do we want a tweet that goes viral? The the the, the objective, the strategy here is to generate brand awareness. And one way of doing that is digital. And one way of doing digital might be a tweet. But then another way of doing that would be to go on TV. Another way of doing that would be to go out of home. Another way of doing that would be a PR campaign. There are a number of ways. And so I think what this is just, the metaverse is just another channel to achieve some objectives. Um, and we should we should treat it as such. <laughs> Well, before we get to the very end of our podcast, we have one final challenge for you. And this is the 
the highly esteemed resell me a pen challenge from the attention seekers podcast and i mean you have mentioned yourself as a slight salesperson i'm only bringing it up just to annoy you again <laughs> but there's a change to this season now instead of grading you out of 10 we have and this might also have a trademark infringement there is a scoreboard similar to the top gear scoreboard so what? i have all the previous brands and what they had here on our incredibly fancy scoreboard with our top three currently standing with Media Ocean, followed by Adamo, and then Say It Now. And so we can see where you where you and Big Black Door is going to oh, sit no. on, on this scoreboard. But it's fine. It's not fine. I, I, <laughs> you have 60 seconds All right. to resell me a Walkman. Okay. Well, I suppose I'm talking about an old style Walkman here, like a cassette Walkman, not a, not, not a, a digital one. Um, and if you think about Spotify to vinyl to decks, you need to think about Spotify to cassettes to Walkman, right? So that's the, that's the world I want you to, to imagine. And why should you think about a Walkman? It's because it captures a moment in time for you to access whenever you want. It's like a like a time machine. You can't alter the order those tracks are played in. I've still got cassettes from my university days, uh, mixtapes that people sent me. Nothing says I love you more than a carefully crafted mixtape with a hand-drawn cover note and personalised notes on each track that you can read, reread, and hold. Oh, wow. You're really tugging on the heartstrings there. Ooh. That was a really... Uh, it's a shame Walkmans aren't about, actually, because you're right. They I are. Mean, they are. Uh, the, the other bit... I've had to, I had to edit, edit myself. I, I, I'd fo totally forgotten about the 60 seconds there. There is a community, I'm sure, in East London that my good friend Christian brought, me, brought to my attention where this is an hour thing. Walkman, so this isn't as funny as we thought. This is actually a thing that people oh. are now going back to Walkmans and cassettes. Are they really? Yes. You can buy one on on uh, on eBay for about 40 quid. Everyone should do it now. Oh, my goodness. And oh, I think, yeah, mixtapes are fantastic. Because it's, it's not quite the same. Or Here's my Spotify playlist that anyone can have. You need a personalised, curated one. Unchangeable. That Because that's what brings it back to the time machine. You can go back. You can't. You can't reimagine it. It's as that as the donor as the giver intended. Okay, well I know exactly where I'm putting you. <laughs> you are you are, you're in the top five of our of our whole of our of our fifteen listed here. You are below okay. automated creator, but you are above WaveMaker A6. <laughs> you're above Artfinder. You're also above our very own editor from PMW, <laughs> and he had cassette tapes, which are pretty similar. So, uh, okay. yeah, I think you, yeah, you're in you're in the top the top third of the board. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and I am now tasking you to choose our next guest's challenge, and <laughs> our next guest is Suresh Balaji from Standard Chartered. So, yeah, he is going to be listening to this to find out what he is being marketed next. Well. Um, I thought I'd keep the I'll keep the music theme going, mm -hmm. and I'm going to give him a gramophone player. Not not a set of decks, not a set of decks, not 
stereo. You know one of those gramophone players with a big sort of like sort of speaker. The horn thing. It's like, the, you know, the, yeah. like the ear trumpet. One of those. Mm-hmm. One of those. Old school, big Coney speakered gramophone. Okay. Suresh, if you're listening, get working. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. You're welcome, Suresh. <laughs> well, Gareth, thank you so much for being uh, our attention seeker this week. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, I hope I hope we started your day well by getting a pretty good a pretty good ranking on our scoreboard there. <laughs> you did though. It's been good. I've enjoyed today. Thank you. Well, thanks very much, and enjoy the rest of your week. If you want to find out more about the news and trends from global brands, agencies and platforms in the performance marketing industry, register with us on our website, performancemarketingworld.com. And thank you all for listening and giving us your attention. And I hope you will join me next time to hear Suresh Balaji from Standard Chartered attempt to resell me a gramophone. Listener.